Welcome to the family with Alex Brampernard Rasmussen, co-host Catherine Brandt. Andy Brampernard. And Mike Bryant. We'll get them all here, ladies and gentlemen. Israel Del Toro will join us in about five minutes. I like that name. Israel Del Toro. Uh, sounds very exotic. The Jewish cool bull. Name. I like yep. the Jewish yeah, bull. Basically what that means. Yep. That is. That would be true. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yep. Although, hanging around a lot of like, like the Seagull Brothers, there's a lot of bull come out of those. <laughs> Thank you very much. Great to be <laughs> but no here. Bump. Great to be here, ladies and gentlemen. So what's the latest? Anything uh, happening in the news this morning well, that I may have missed? It was, I think, over the weekend, but Trump referred to the federal prosecutor as a crackhead. <laughs> Did he really? Yeah, that's, that's tweet that is on brand for Trump. It's just getting insane <laughs> with these crackheads. And then, so you got him saying that. You got Biden saying, oh, we were out of ammo. I was yep. like, why? What would you two What do you mean, ammo? Mm-hmm. They're giving ammo to Ukraine. Right. But they said, because they were running out, and we're running out, too. It's like, why we're would you say ammo? that? That's we're it, yeah. running out of ammo. Please invade us. We have <laughs> exactly. no ammunition. Yeah. Well, why did he call him a crackhead? Trump's tweet was that the, the cocaine they found in the White House was oh, Hunter's okay. and Joe's. Oh, yeah. And that they're going to find out it's aspirin real soon by the reporters who will cover it up. Well, and they he, have been doing decided, some interesting reporting. Mm-hmm. And then he decided to uh, add that the prosecutor's a crackhead, which is just like, <laughs> Yeah, that's, you know, that's very Trump. Yep, it was. Well, does funny. he have proof of that? No, I. Don't. I think he was just. I think he's just doing. <laughs> just what doing does. what he does. Yeah. yeah. God. So, well, yeah. I mean, they did find coke in the White House. Yeah, they, they did. did. No doubt about that. So, I know, but someone it was, brought coke into the White House, which well, is like, what well, are you, if not you, the first yeah. time. If you if you followed the story at all, which of course it was popping up relentlessly. Um, first it was in one area, then it was in another area. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. outside the White House. Yep. Then it was where the public could get it, so it just could have been anybody. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden it was in a secure area. It's like, oh my God. Can, I and we just don't have reporting anymore. It would be a good idea. No reporting allowed. Well, just they tested it, it first because they thought it was... Uh, that rest or what is it? The, ricin? the poison, ricin. ricin. Yeah, ricin. And then they yeah. found out it was cocaine. Hmm. But you know, it's not the first time drugs have been in the White House. No, you know? mostly pot. Mary before, Todd right? Lincoln, I'm sure, used them. Oh God, no I'm doubt. sure all the first presidents um, were all yeah, lauding them all the time. Yeah. And then, uh, and then Jimmy Carter's kids were smoking with laudin. the Almond Brothers. Jimmy, you know? I, I know that uh, that. Um, Oh Jesus! Now we back to the candy. John Kennedy smoked pot. Absolutely, at the White House. no doubt about he it. Did. But that's the, quite a jump from pot to, to cocaine. Yeah, well, coke is yeah, it's, that's a big leap. I gotta believe Billy Carter had a little toots <laughs> in the White yeah, House. Maybe Bill might have participated. You know? Yeah, so uh, you know, you'll get no argument from me on that one. <laughs> Why don't you think a lot of these people? It's like, oh my God! I, I suppose, I you know, when I sit and you're thinking of friends I've known who were. Pot smokers. I don't know a lot of guys who did coke well, though. Everybody's gonna be smoking pot in two more weeks. Yeah, that's, this whole two town more weeks. is gonna stink like friggin' pot all the time. When does it actually kick in for sale? Uh, August first, I think, is the date. But is it still two pounds? You can have yeah, two you can pounds. Have two pounds in your house. Oh, Jesus. And then you can consider it a dealer. So, yeah, that's a lot. Two pounds, isn't it? Is a I lot. don't know. Maybe it isn't. Yeah, it's a lot. So. I don't know how many how much can a person smoke in a week. I think there's people who try it. There's but probably it's a lot. People, yeah. But per- generally, isn't the medicinal stuff not pot pot? It's usually like vaping and it's, gummies yeah. and you stuff don't smoke more it. because the, they've they've proven that smoking it isn't good for your lungs. No, yeah, no, correct. No. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not. Yeah, and you still smoke. can't drive it in Iowa, or you can end up in jail, no, you and go. you can't bring it across borders, well, you and shouldn't. you can't have a concealed and carry with it. Well, you shouldn't no, be right, able right. to drive in it with it because yeah, the no, stuff that they've got not. is so but strong. I think the cops ignore it. I think they just I, yeah, don't have. That's because there's no test. They don't have well, a test blood, for it. They could blood test it. Yeah, but that isn't that like time. a big right. thing? Yeah. That's yeah. not that's easy to do. Well, it's not yeah, BCA is a little busy right well, now. Well, and I mean, you could still do depending because I mean, it's similar to alcohol. If you have one drink, you can drive a car. If you have like a little gummy that didn't really do anything you can drive a car yeah so according to like a lot of the comedians of... that came in here and told us about some of the stuff that they can buy at oh but the no shops. there's definitely but it, but same thing if you drink a bottle of vodka you shouldn't be driving a car well, if you yeah, get uh, extremely stoned you shouldn't be driving a car they drive better though they're more so you focused. can do <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so you can, you can do a field sobriety test and be like this 
person is clearly under the influence I of I thought something. there was a couple more steps before you could get to a blood test. You, you still, well, uh, blood test now, you need a warrant to get blood from somebody. So yeah. that's the complication. Yeah. And they could test them and say that they're impaired, but they still need the proof. And, and what you use on the road is just probable cause. It doesn't yeah. get you the get you the point where you can actually charge somebody. Right. Yeah. So they'd have to take blood, and then the BCA would get it back to them in six weeks, you know, yeah. and then it would all go from there. But I, I am completely convinced cops just don't have noses. They just well, don't worry about it. I know. It. It's I... like, yeah, you can smell it if they've been a mile away mm-hmm. in three weeks ago. It's, yep. Yeah. Whereas alcohol, exactly you can difficult. smell and you can do a breathalyzer Depends. Test. You can't smell vodka, really. No. Well, yeah. It's, it's Usually it doesn't so. have much of a smell at all. Yeah. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean. Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabanco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. It's we have pine needles. our guest on the phone. Magnificent, ladies and gentlemen. Israel Del Toro with us. How are you doing, sir? Good. How are you doing? Doing extremely well. I'm just, uh, well, I tell you what, I was just reading uh, your descriptor here. Um, and, of course, Israel, how, how often do you appear on television? It's about a couple of, <laughs> couple of times an hour every day. This is that. I can't control that. <laughs> no, no, I understand, I understand, sir. But well, first of all, but, but yeah, no, it it is weird, you know, when people I see on TV, and for the first time, I you know heard that I could not. Any I will miss myself every time on the, the little commercials. I was like, man, I haven't seen myself yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've seen you enough for both of us, Israel. I'll tell you that. Which is a, it's quite an honor to have you on, sir. And I, what I want to do basically is just shut up and let you tell your story because your story is amazing, amazing sir. Oh, thank you, sir. No question about it. So how did it all start? How old were you when you went into the service? I was 22 years old when I went in. Um, and, you know, people ask how I uh, got into it. You know, it was a, from a long lineage of, of family members. I'm like, no. I was 22, and I actually had a pretty good job making good money, but I felt like I wasn't living to my potential, living up to my potential. You know, I just uh, I just felt unfulfilling. And I saw a commercial. I was like, huh, why not? Because, you know, I grew up in the generation of Rambo. Hmm. Who didn't want to be Rambo? <laughs> right, right. You know, the long hair, chiseled body. You know, I don't, I obviously don't have the long flowing hair anymore, and... <laughs> And my son likes to say I have more of a dad bod than a juvenile bod, but <laughs> I, that's why I wanted to be, you know. And so, so you know, I, I joined, you know, first one of my family to do it. Uh, 
And I picked a career field that was uh, very challenging, you know, a special warfare operator. And, you know, because I wanted, you know, when I was a crusty old grandpa, you know, not taking anything away from other, other career fields. They're all very important. But I wanted to be that guy when my, my grandkids asked me, Grandpa, what you do in the military? And I want to be able to say, I killed a lot of mofos. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, you know, thank thank you for your service. I mean, it's incredible. Um, what uh, the idea of having a hundred percent disability rating? I, I have a lot of clients that have dis- different rating, but holy cow! That I mean, are there that many people? I know you're the only one who's reenlisted with a hundred percent disability, which is amazing. But are there that many people with a hundred percent disability ratings? Uh, well, there's, there's there's different kinds out there. But like a total, which I am total, 100% disabled, uh, meaning, you know, I, I, I really can't find a job out there like anybody else that has like a, a regular disability where it's total by, uh, you got, you know, this hurt, this hurt, this hurt, this equals 100%. But it's not a total. Uh, so, no, there's not many of us out there and very few that actually want to continue to serve. Wow, that's amazing. It's quite the story. I want to read one paragraph, and then I want to shut up, Israel, because this story is going to be amazing to me. Because <laughs> as I said, I've seen you on TV so many times. Uh, on December 4th, 2005, United States Air Force Sergeant, uh, oh, pardon me, SM Sergeant, big shot, <laughs> Israel Del Toro Jr.'s Humvee hit an I, uh, IED. The blast left him uh, with severe burns on more than 80% of his body. He lost all of his fingers on his left hand, had the fingers on his right hand amputated at his knuckles. Uh, what a story this is. That's, that's all I want to read because I want to hear the rest from you. You were how old at that time, sir? Uh, at that time, I had, I think I had just turned 30. Yeah, I just turned 30. Wow. So, so you're driving down the road and all I, What, I mean, obviously... I would think the next thing that you experienced was waking up after this happened. No, I was conscious the entire time. So when I really, got, so when I was on, the, yeah. So when I was on the mission with the scout team, we we're coming, you know, coming back to pick up the other half, and that's when the, you know, the blast occurred, and and I, you know, I get out of the truck. Obviously, you know, when I got out, I was on fire from head to toe. And and I was trying to turn around to the river, the creek that we had just crossed to extinguish the flames, but they overtook me, and I, I collapsed, and I'm laying there, this is it. And in my head, I think, man, I broke, I'm going to break my promise to my family that I'm always going to come back. Hmm. I'm breaking my promise to my boy that I wouldn't let him grow up without his dad like this, because I lost my dad when I was 12 years old. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, I'm going to break my promise to my dad that I, that promise I made to him so many years ago on the last day uh, when before he passed, that I always take care of my family. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm thinking that laying there, well, this is it for me. And one of my teammates helps me out, and we jumped in the creek. But, you know, when I, we jumped into Extinguish the Flames, you know, it was a planned ambush. These guys hit me and then attacked the guys that we were going to go get, and now they're needing help. Well, yes, I'm Air Force, they're Army. But when we're downrange, we're all brothers. We all have each other's back. It doesn't matter if we're Marines, Navy, Air Force. And I had to honor my dad's promise, you know, because that promise evolved from, yes, originally my mom and my brothers and sisters, but now my teammates, they're my family. I got to take care of them. So I had to figure out what to do because I'm the guy that caused them the airstrikes. Uh, luckily, one of the other guys had a, a radio. And I told him, repeat everything I say so we can get some help here. And I'm never going to be the type of guy to say, oh, my God, I, I wasn't scared. I had nerves of steel. I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> just gone cold. Right. But when the adrenaline went down, uh, I started having a hard time breathing. I started mm-hmm. getting sleepy, and I was starting to get tired. I was like, where's this medevac at? You know, fear started creeping in. And I remember telling my mother, hey, man, I just want to lay down. Uh, I just want to close my eyes for a second. Just let me close my eyes for a second. But he knew if he let me fall asleep, I'm not going to wake up again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he tried and he used my son to help get my spark. Mm-hmm. And I like to say we all have a spark, something that drives us. 
which is kind of funny and ironic. Here's a burn guy talking about we have a spark within us. <laughs> <laughs> you know? yes, but, yes. but, you know, we do. We have a spark that drives us, that motivates us, that keeps us going. And he knew my son was mine, and he mm. used that to keep me up until the battle back came. And I remember they wanted to carry me to the helicopter. Like, oh, hell no. I walked into this fight. I'm going to walk out. Oh, that's and, amazing. And I get out of the helicopter thinking to myself, oh, my God, I can finally rest. <laughs> uh, and I remember landing on a Ford operating base, uh, going to the little field hospital, seeing the doctor cut off my watch and saying, hey, you're going to be okay. And that was December 4th, 05. I wake up March of 06. March of 06? Really? Wow. Did they keep you out for a long time when you have severe burns like that? Yeah, just for the pain. Did you fly the helicopter, too? (laughs) (laughs) No, I never fly the helicopter. (laughs) No, but it is. It's crazy, you know, being in a coma four months. And and it doesn't really hit you until when you wake up. It's like a year later and something happens. Like, I'm I'm a big baseball guy. And... I remember it was uh, January, around January time frame, or maybe even early February of 2007. And I'm watching ESPN, and all of a sudden I hear, today is the one-year anniversary of Kirby Puckett. I'm like, when did Kirby Puckett die? Oh, that's right. Wow. That's right. That's when it hits you. I was like, holy crap, four months of my life are completely gone. Wow. So what team are you a fan of? Well, I'm from Chicago, so I'm White Sox. You're White Sox. You're on that side. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Nothing oh, wrong are, you, are you a Cubs fan? Are you a Cubs no, fan I'm a Red Sox like? fan. I'm the oh, right Sox oh. fan. Oh, God. Here we go. <laughs> I'm stuck with your Minnesota Twins. By the way, is there anything you could – maybe Israel, you want to give the Twins a call and say, maybe next uh, series you should be out hit uh, almost 6-1. to one. Mm-hmm. God, they had a horrible weekend. <laughs> oh, well. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I am a fan. I'm not a big sightseer guy, but if I'm somewhere where there's a ball game, mm-hmm. man, I'll go see it. Yep. I, I, just, I just enjoy it. Now, Israel, when you're walking down the street with your family, you must be recognized wherever you go now because you're on TV several times a day, right? Uh, well, it, it's, just, it doesn't, it's not as bad. I think because everyone, a lot of, you know, my neighbors, my area, like in the gym, people know me. It's usually once in a while, you know, you get someone new in town or has never seen me in town before. And they're like, oh, my God. I was like, can I say hi to you? I'm like, yeah. I was like, I'm, I was like, because I never want to be, that guy, because, you know, we've all had, you know, people we looked up to and we admire. You know, it could be a sports uh, player or, or, or a movie star or someone you see and speak. And then you meet that, that person and they're just a disappointment. Yeah. And that happened That happened to me once. Someone I, I admire so much, a ball, a ball player, and he just ended up being just crappy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm never going to be that guy. I was like, I want to, when someone wants to come say hi to me, Come say hi to me. If you want to take a picture, come take a picture with me. Yeah. You know, just if I'm in the middle of a workout and like lifting 200 pounds, probably not the right time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe not. (laughs) What hospital were you in? So I ended up going to Brook Army Medical Center there in San Antonio, uh, where the burn, one of the uh, best burn centers in the nation is, which is crazy. It's like, why are all these burn centers? In the hottest places on earth. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. a very good point, actually. Yeah. yeah. Why, why couldn't it be in a nice tempered area, nice beaches? You know, no, it's, in, it's in Phoenix, Texas. I mean, they're all it's like, it's so hot there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No question about it. Now, I got to mention this, Israel. It's probably, a, not probably, it is a very tough situation. Uh, when Israel was 12 years old, his father died of a heart attack. When he was 14, his mother was killed by a drunk driver. Um, you made it through all that, Israel. Do you think making it through the loss of your father and your mother brought you to a point where you could get through anything, and maybe that's the reason you're still with us? You know, I, uh, for a long time, uh, you know, I thought I was just cursed, man. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. Wow. Anytime, I had a, anytime I had a high... I get knocked right back down, and I'm like, why is this happening to me? Why? You know, I just it just kept happening. 
And and like I said, I don't know, maybe the big man upstairs had a plan for me and getting me prepared for it that, that my biggest challenge was going to be December of 05 and help me get through it, you know, because I, I did. And it did. It, take, it took me a while to kind of realize that. Uh, even after my injury, I'm like, why is this happening to me again? You know, uh, not until I started seeing how, you know, that promise that I made of my dad, you know, kind of got me refocused. Like, I get it. I'm here to help these, these like, the wounded guys that were in the hospital. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, I was wounded, but I was still an NCO in the, in the Air Force. And the job of a leader is to take care of their teammates and make things better for them, even though you may never see any of the benefits. And, and that's what I try, and that's what I began to do. I became an advocate for them, and then you know I started, you know, when people ask me, "Can we go speak?" I'm like, "Man, I don't got a story." Oh, and, and when I was like, oh, "Dude, it's like you should be dead right now." Oh, yeah. Times. He, he said that you may never walk again, and you'll be on a rest for the rest of your life. Two months after you wake up from your four months coma, you left that hospital. I'm walking and breathing. That, you know, that's not a story. You know, I don't know what it is. So. You know, I started and I started seeing the effects that I had uh, when I would speak. And it's still, sometimes, you know, I still don't see myself in that light where people see me in as inspiring and on all this. And until I, I, I get a, you know, sometimes a, a, a direct message on a social media, one of my social media uh, platforms, and, and it's someone telling me that. And I was at the point of giving up and ending my life. Hmm. And I had I saw no hope. And I heard how you, what you went through and how you never gave up, how you kept pushing through. And it gave it helped me find my spark. Because that's really the whole goal of this, of, of my book. Because yes, I can do public speaking, but I can't be everywhere. But a book can go out there and reach people. Because we all have that spark. Sometimes we can find on our own but sometimes you need help finding it because, again, I'm a person that'll say I never that I did this on my own. Um, you'll never hear me say I never did it on my own. I had help. I had family. I had friends there for me to help me get through the times when I was going down the rabbit hole and I felt like I saw no light. And so I see it as really this book, the opportunity that I can reach more people out there. Because again, I'm a realist. I'm not going to reach everyone. I'm not going to touch everyone. But those one or two that really need to hear it, and, and they see that light, they see that spark again, and that joy, then all that pain and all that suffering I went through and all those obstacles is worth it. And like, you, like we said in the beginning, you know, there's maybe a plan for me to put me through what I went through so I can be here now to be able to do what I, I do now. Wow. You know, Israel, just talking to you it gets me thinking about something that annoys the hell out of me uh, in that we hear a lot of people now say, uh, oh, you know what, that guy, uh, that my name is Bill and he called me Bob. I'm a victim. Why does everybody want to be a victim now? I mean, you're the last person on earth that would ever call yourself a victim. You know, I think people are just, they've gone to, to a point where, they, you know, it's like, like I guess another right my dad told me is like you, you know you don't if you don't succeed it's your fault it's no one else's fault it's not where it. you came from it's not for who you are you're not not you know because you're Hispanic you know if you did not succeed it's your own damn fault and you know I think a lot of these people probably didn't have those those dads or moms you know like for me it was my dad who gave me a lot of good <laughs> advice that helped mm-hmm. them to you know it's like hey man it's like don't be, don't be always be a victim. Don't be like, oh my God, everyone's against me. He's like, no, right. no, not everyone's against you. I was like, you're just making everyone against you because how you act. Yeah. Uh, I should mention something that you haven't brought up yet, which I just ran across, uh, which is unbelievable. Um, there are so many unbelievable things in your descriptor that was sent over to me, Israel. It's it's amazing to me. Uh, the fact that uh, you were the first, you became the first 100% disabled veteran to re-enlist. Yeah, re-enlist. I just, what? Love, I just love that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, people asked me when I was going through my recovery, 
Because one of the other things they told me once I woke up, I was like, hey, your military career is pretty much over. And, you know, I, everyone kept asking me, what do you want to do? You know, it's like, oh, I don't want to stay in. I was like, why, DT? It's like, you retire, you'll get your retirement, you get your disability, and getting pretty good at the public speaking. And, and they make good money, and that's true. But some very good public speakers can make up to almost six figures for doing an hour speech. You know, I'm not there, you know, but... You would be. I used to tell them, like, oh, I thank you. But I used to tell them, there are so many people out there that have jobs and make amazing money and hate their job. Yeah. So why am I going to give up a job that I enjoy? I love serving. I love being the Air Force. I love being an operator. So why am I going to give that up for a couple bucks? And, yes, I knew I couldn't be downrange as an operator. Even though if they say, hey, DT, you go down, you know, downrange me with your teammates, I'll, I'll jump in an opportunity. It's like, hell yeah. But, <laughs> right. but I know I know I couldn't, unless we become like Star Wars and I get a cool Luke Skywalker hand <laughs> and I use a Jedi mind trick on everybody. But we're, we're not there. But I knew I could teach. Mm. I can get the other uh, future operators ready uh, for for the mission, and and luckily I was able to have enough support and show that you know my mind was still there. You know, some of my friends and my and my wife probably would disagree, but you know, but on February 2010, that's when mm. you know I became the first 100 percent to say what's ever to realist in yeah. the Air Force. He's also really humble because the other thing he's got going on is the Patriots Promise, which right. is a book that just book. came out. Yep. Yeah. So how's the, how's the new book doing? You know, it, it's it's crazy seeing like friends posting and or sending me messages that you know how they feel. And I remember before the book, yet, people <laughs> ask me how they feel. I was like, honestly, it's more a pain in the butt right now. And my one friend, she was like, DT, think of it like, you know, when like me, when I was pregnant, oh, it sucked, it hurt. But once I saw that baby, it was amazing. And I was like, Brandy, I get the analogy. I get it. I truly do. <laughs> but I'm not going to be going around telling people, oh, yeah, my book is like having a baby. Not only are my friends going to bust my chops, but my female friends are going to kill me. It's like, are you really comparing your book to be birthing a baby and I was like I get the analogy but I'll just tell the funny story about it, you know but yeah but it, it, it's been it's been cool you know again it still hasn't really hit me maybe because I haven't gone to a bookstore to see you know it there physically uh but I remember you know on 4th of July when the book was released everyone was asking how are you celebrating how are you celebrating and I mean there was my phone just blowing up and I was like you know what let me make a quick video I was like, all right, everyone keeps asking me what I'm doing first to celebrate the release. I'm on my tractor, cutting on my ranch, cutting the pasture. Hmm. That's how I'm celebrating. Not in peace, enjoying life, man. And that's you know, that's how, what I, I try and do. Did, did you ever think about that you'd someday be writing a book when you were growing up? <laughs> Not at all, man. It's It's, you know... A kid growing up, you know, from the south suburb, you know, on the bad side of town in Chicago, doesn't think that he's going to be this person that I am now, you know. Mm. Even when I started speaking around 2009, when people really were asking me, you need to write a book, you need to write a book. And I'm like, and I'm, for me, I was like, dude, I have so many adventures left. And, and for me, I always thought only old people wrote books. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm saying that I'm old now, but, you know, but I just, I was like, dude, I, I have so many adventures. And then I was, last night I was like, brothers, I don't, I don't even like to read, and you want me to write a book. <laughs> That's kind of tough to do. There's no question about that. Do you think, looking back, I want to get to back to the family part of this, because I think that's a huge thing in your life. You losing your father at 12, losing your mother at 14. Obviously, those 12 and 14 years that you were around with first uh, losing your father then losing your mother, they must have done a hell of a job raising you, Israel. Look, there's going to be some adversity in your life, and you're going to have to face it head on. Did you sit down and talk to your parents about that before all these things went on? No, you know, I, I never did. You know, obviously your dad gives you, you know, those little advices, you know. Yeah. You know, you've got to, you know, protect your family and all that. And, 
you know, it's just luckily, you know, I don't know if he just knew that, you know, I don't know if my dad knew that when he gave me those last words of, you know, promise to take care of your brother and sister and your family. Right. He knew that he was going to pass the next day. But that promise hmm. really set my path to, to become the person I am now. You know, I always rely on it. And I tell people, honestly, yeah, yes, the book is to help people, to inspire, but it, it's really, you know, a 12-year-old kid just trying to make his dad proud of him, and hopefully I am. And you, you keep that in your head that you're still, in that part of your brain, you're still 12 years old, I bet. I am. And, um, I always, it's like, okay, am I making my dad proud? But am I still honoring him with that promise? Am I keeping my promise to my dad? And that's all I try and do. And, you know, the book... Yes, it has some tough parts in it, and it has some, you know, some joyful things. But also, obviously, you can tell, you know, I like humor, and it has a lot of humor in it. Because for me, I think laughter is such a healing point. You know, yes, it sucked what happened to me, but at some point, you got to laugh and and joke. And and of course, yeah, as sometimes some people are, are hesitant to laugh when I make fun of myself. But then they realize, like, oh, it's cool. He makes fun of himself, you know, even though what happened to him, and and they feel so more relaxed. And that's that's and that's a great thing, you know, that that release of of joy when you're laughing. Well, Israel, you and I have never met face to face, but you've already taught me some things and inspired me. I do have a tough time when I, I see people who have everything compl- nonstop complaining about everything. They've got everything right there, but all they do is complain. And that part is a lot tougher on me than, than talking to any, anybody else. It's like you have everything and you're still not happy. That's inside your head and you got to work that out. Whereas a guy like you who's been through a hell of a lot, losing both your parents by the time you're 14, going through what you went through, and you're funny. By the way, if you ever come to town, you got to come in the studio and do the show with us. That's yeah, all there is to it. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, you know, I, I, I love... Don't get me wrong. I love my wife, but sometimes, like, honey, I got to go on the road for a second. <laughs> I get it. We can give you someplace oh. cold. We can give you someplace cold if you want to come up. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so. By the way, Israel, I don't know if you heard my wife there say, "Yeah, I understand what you're saying, Israel." Yeah, great, thanks. Well, you know, I act, I act like I'm the one that says I got to go, but it really hurts. Like. Don't you gotta go somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it's Can't you find a hobby? She's like packing your bag. <laughs> <laughs> I know we got only got a few minutes left with the Israel, but I, I, the message that you delivered to everybody, like I said, you can sit around and piss and moan, and you can whine and go, oh, "Poor me," and blah blah blah. And we all go through that, I'm sure. But you stood up uh, like the man your mother and father raised. And you, you you took it head on. Have you always been that kind of guy? You you take your problems head on. Uh, I I think um, since since that promise, I think I I have kind of been you know. But but I also say I never I didn't do it. I did it all on my own. I'll never be that guy. I, right. I had help. I had friends there for me. I had family there for me because don't get me wrong. I'm lucky. I am very lucky. I also blame that you know. I also had a lot of luck to it because. You know, I saw it, my wife saw it. A lot of guys, their families weren't there for me, for them, and left. Mm. And Ugh. and so so I, I'm lucky that I had my family and my friends there by my side when I was sometimes spiraling down the, the rabbit hole and feeling sorry for myself. I had them to bring me back and help me find that spark again. Uh, so, you know, I just, I just think I've, I've just been a lucky guy, really. Uh, to have such great support. I, I hope everybody hears that message from you, that you're a lucky man after all the stuff you've been through with family and yourself and all the rest of it, uh, saying, I'm a very lucky man. A lot of people out there, they're just not going to believe it, Israel, because I hope they find you know, that, that maybe inside themselves a modicum of the strength that you have, <laughs> you know? Well, that's what I, I hope that also, you know, this book does, you know, because sometimes, you know, you can find that spark and that motivation on your own to help you overcome that adversary at first, at first to be. But sometimes you need help to find it. And if, if my book can do that, you know, help someone when they're feeling like they can't, oh, my God, why is this happening to me? And they see what I went through and how 
you know, I had help and how I got over it and overcame it, you know, then all that pain, all that suffering I went through is worth it because I helped someone and I'm honoring that, that promise to my dad. Wow. So that, yes, that promise first started with, with my brother and sister, but it evolved to now anyone that really needs help to help them find that light in life again. Yeah, it makes total sense. You know, one thing I really, really enjoy, and I know we only got you for about one more minute, but I love to see the last paragraph in your descriptor that says, Tunnel to Towers built a, a uh, smart home in uh, Colorado, Peyton, Colorado, for uh, DT. I'm going to just call you DT from mm-hmm. now on. That'll be good. Uh, Tunnel to Towers, a lot of people, when you see things like that on television, you go, yeah, I wonder how much of that money actually goes to the people I understand that T to T, the all the money goes to the people. Is that not correct? Yeah. Well, they, I think it's like ninety-seven percent yeah. of yeah. every, you know, the dollar. Ninety-seven percent of it goes to the to helping the guys, and and that's amazing. You know, people always ask, "Hey, how, who do you support?" It's like honestly, you got to do research. You know, you really do look at that. How much that money goes to back to whatever cause they're supporting. Uh, I always like telling people like. Look at your local charity areas, because a lot of that money does go back. Yes, the bigger ones have good ratings and do a lot of work, but sometimes a lot of that money doesn't go back. And right. the Tunnel is one of them, and and other organizations out there. So you know, people just got to do their their due diligence on on, what, on their organizations they want to support. Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, TDT, the guy who runs it, uh, he lost his brother. Uh, 9-11, who uh, didn't run away from the trouble. He ran into the trouble and lost his life. Oh, a magnificent story, actually. Yeah, you know, there's there's heroes everywhere. And and seeing, like, when Stephen doing that, or even, like, Pat Tillman, you yeah. know, giving up a million dollars to go serve his country after yeah. 9-11. Yeah. Those are people I, I aspire to be like, or to be honored, you know, to even sometimes be mentioned next to. Uh, you know, I, I live up to that, and I, and and like my dad, you know, my my original hero, my dad. It is a wonderful Israel. Uh, for the next seventy-two hours at least, I'm going to avoid walking around going, "Oh my God, I got so many problems in life. My life sucks. <laughs> it's going to be hard to do, Israel. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. You got." Well, well, you obviously said you said you have a wife. I think she'll kind of knock you back. Sometimes we walking around acting like that. So I know my wife. Does. She's staring at me right now, Israel. She's staring at me right now. Uh, That's all I got to say. Calm down, Israel. Please come back more often. I'd love to talk to you. you. You're a great guest, and the book is available everywhere. Correct? It is it's available every bookstore. You can get it online, like on Amazon and any other online uh, service. So. Yeah, enjoy it. I hope everyone really does enjoy it. And, and not, you know, not just cries, but also laughs a lot in it. A Patriot's Promise, Israel Del Toro. We just know him as DT. And I cannot wait, uh, I cannot wait to meet you in person someday, Israel. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, th- thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Have a good day. You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful, someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you, Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. 
Athena. Are amazing. Oh. See? See? <laughs> yeah. So all I got to say to anybody is, see? I mean, he definitely could feel unlucky, you know, to say yeah. that at some point I felt I was unlucky. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Holy to moly. I'd say unlucky is uh, yeah. putting it very lightly. Well, some people just are amazing in their recovery. That is Really true. bad stuff. Yep. I mean, well, studies have shown that some people are just baseline happier no matter what happens yeah, to you. I true. suppose. Yep. Like your, your happiness baseline is pretty much set at any given time. <laughs> really? So yeah, it's that's like not surprising. Some, yeah. Because there are plenty Absolutely. of people that it's like, I was just talking to a friend about this last night. <clears throat> I was like, there's so many people that could wake up and stub their toe and then be like, this day sucks. Right. Yeah. And then there are people that wake up and stub their toe and it's a blip on the radar. Yep. You know, it's just, yeah. there's everything in between. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this guy challenged Saul, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, you most know? people would have given up Holy well before they even hit adulthood well, he with probably that kind of... Wouldn't have lived. I mean, <laughs> yep. yeah. yeah. Reminds me of a conversation I had with Fawn last night. She said, Nana, you know that coffee table that the... Um, the dollhouse is on in on the basement. In the basement, I said, "Yeah." She says, "You need to get rid of it." I said, "Why is that?" She said, "Because I whacked my chin on it really hard." Oh, mm-hmm. get rid of the table. <laughs> get rid of it to the table. I said, "Well, I don't think I'm going to get rid of it because you whacked your chin on it." She said, "But it really hurt." And I said, oh, "I understand that. Um, I'm sorry that you whacked your chin, but I can't. I don't want to get rid of the coffee table." She said, "But can you at least move it?" <laughs> And I said, well, mm-hmm. you know, I've stubbed my toe on my bed about a hundred times, and I don't throw the bed away. I just mm-hmm. try to be more careful. I hit my shin on my bed all the time. Exactly. Wow. And she no, was just like, she was like, why wouldn't you just get rid of stuff then? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's weird because she never, <laughs> she never asks me to just get rid get, of furniture. Or I don't know. That's just, she just had like a she just thought. Had a, well, oh, she definitely says get rid of her brother. <laughs> you know, that's she, for sure. They got their little battles. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was like, oh, that's a way of thinking of things. Just get rid just, of it. Mm-hmm. It is true. Okay, I think all five people in the studio grew up Catholic. Correct? Uh, yeah. No, not me. What? No, we didn't really I mean, raise them as Catholics. <laughs> no, I mean we, we went to Catholic did, school. Yeah. yeah, sort of. Yeah. You were baptized. I know, Catholic. but we did. Baptized, know. we were confirmed, but we, we didn't, didn't go to church religiously. Well, no, anything. but they grew up I Catholic, yeah. right? Yeah. Culturally, yeah. yes, I would say yeah. very much so. Very much Catholic. Like, yeah. there's a lot of things I didn't even know non-Catholics didn't do, like mass and the rosary. Mm-hmm. I thought everyone did those. Oh. Yeah. I still do. Yeah, the I was rosary? like, you still do the rosary? No, I still oh. think everybody should though. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> I was like, you don't do mass or the rosary. I don't. Think <laughs> I, I think I actually I learned that when I met Melissa. Hmm. Yeah. I was talking about the rosary, and she was like, I don't know how to do the rosary. Yeah, that's just I'm a Catholic like, thing. But yes, everyone does thing. the rosary. Nope, just Catholic. I thought so nope. too. My dad listened to the rosary on, what was that station that we had automatically turn on for him? Was it EWTN, I think? Uh, The Catholic channel. We got this nun doing the rosary. Mm -hmm. And they have a a new broadcast every day when they could just repeat it every day because it's the same thing every single time. Mm -mm. And then what's it called when they do the rosary over and over and over again? Oh, there's a word Like all day long. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I I used to know that. Some Latin word, I'm sure. I want to say telenova, but that's not it. Yeah, telenovino, that's what it is. Telemundo, maybe. (laughs) Telemundo, exactly. The reason I asked you, uh, because I I thought we were all five uh, were baptized Catholic and all the rest of it, the headline, and I don't know if you guys have seen the story, because I have not. I haven't even opened it yet. Archbishop takes issue with keyword in Our Father prayer. No. This is the Catholic Archbishop. No. I, well, wait. I thought it was an Anglican Archbishop. Yeah, I don't Bishop. think it's a Catholic. Oh, it says Archbishop. Oh, yeah. you don't oh, you, think it's you, Anglican? They have I think it's Anglican. too there. And yeah. anyone, no uh, one would Church be surprised. Right. So what, yep. word is he, what word has he got a problem with? Uh, it says the archbishop takes issue with key word in Our Father. Prayer, Stephen. The Cook word for... is Father. Oh, Father. Yep. Oh, he doesn't like the word Father? Yep. Oh, Our Father. Patriarchal. Yep, exactly. Oh, for Christ. Well, it's the Anglican oh, Church. No God. one should be surprised by this. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're pretty, I don't know. But it's the, I don't know the right it's word. It's a father. It's like saying I'm bothered by Virgin Mary being a mother. I know, that's exactly. the thing. You know, it's like. That's a like a jaw, you know. It's not the same. This is just, yeah. just ass kissing. Yeah. Is that what this is? Uh, it's they, but they also like headlines. Yeah, that is yeah, very they do. true. Well, they like headlines. True. So, uh, oh, Officer Dave says novena. 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 That's why you want to say yeah. telenovela. Tele- 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 
have you have you covered the fake uh, some potentially fake Supreme Court case? No. no. Okay. So the, the, <clears throat> I want to hear about. Is it this. an AI thing? The, the no, shadow no, no, Supreme no. Court. The, the 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 decision by the United States Supreme Court concerning uh, whether that company would do a website for the for the gay man that was okayed. They I said haven't that heard they of could, that. On I yeah, heard of it they they um they now believe that that was a total fake case created by the somebody in Colorado. What? Why would they, they do that? Uh, it's, that's the question. And well, so be wait, did the Supreme Court rule or not? United States Supreme Court ruled on it. Oh, well, if they did. If they ruled did. on it, then it doesn't really technically matter, does it? Well, yeah. If it's a fake case, then it was moot to begin with, and their <coughs> ruling doesn't exist. Huh. So and, what and was the argument? And they don't even have rules for they, moot. Someplace, someplace this case was created. Apparently, the guy who asked for the website was married at the time and didn't ask for a website and said he didn't know anything about it. Okay, mm-hmm. and this is a weird. This is a weird deal. Yeah, um, there was a story in. Um, where did I see the story in? Uh, but yeah, they're, they're trying to figure out what to do with a case that may be fake that got to all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. How did it? Then? I. That's the question, and a couple people are going to get disbarred when this thing's over. I, well, yeah, because right. yeah. because of their actions, and we'll see. We'll see how deep it goes. Um, what's weird about it is you t- it takes five of the judges to vote on something so so it'll be interesting to see who voted for it why they voted for it all those different parts and what had happened now what what was the case all it was it was supposedly that this that this gay couple wanted a a website put together and that the person who did it refused to do the do the website that's the basis for the case and how do you sue them for that is that it was discrimination. Just discrimination. It's discrimination. But somehow, that's the, the technical part of how it came out of Colorado, because how did it get there without a party that was, that right. was aggrieved? Right. And so, yeah, this is going to be interesting to see how this one unrolls. See, I, mean, I, I still, to me, it sounds ridiculous because I've been called every name in the book, but I don't give a rat's ass what your orientation is, oh, yeah. what your that skin color is, all that. Why are people so hung up on that? Well, you know. The food thing, though, I understand. If somebody tells me they don't want to make food <laughs> oh, for me, yeah, I, God, eat, yeah. you know, I don't care. That is an honor to be told I yeah. don't want to feed you. Well, okay, that's cool. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. better than yeah. poisoning me. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. That's a good point. No question about it. Yeah, I just, uh, all these opinions about this word and that word and this thing. That, well, it's not just, really about opinions or anything like that. It's about not being forced to <laughs> do labor for someone, basically. Yeah. Well, but I, what what was always weird about the case is you'd think that that you would think that that there's a lot of web designers, you know. And why would you want to go to? Why designers. would you want someone to do? I that? That's always what I wonder when I when cases like this pop up. It's like, oh yeah, we went to this guy who obviously hates us, and he said he hates us. It's like, well, yeah. What do you expect? Isn't that like just? I mean, they'll get a payout. No, not if the Supreme Court ruling stays. Yeah, the Supreme Court ruling was that, that you're allowed to do that. Freedom of expression, I think. Yeah, you can make that or choice. Or religion or whatever it is. But if it's, if it's a, if the decision, I'm going to, I'll pull up what the decision's name is, but um, the, uh, uh, the, but if there's no case to begin with, then that ruling's going to go away. Mm-hmm. Okay. Plus, we're going to f- find out why that case made it was fake, because this is crazy that it would get that far without an underlying case. Well, you'd case. have to have two sides involved you'd in it, think. though, right? Yeah. Well, Can't just make up a plaintiff. Yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> it's Making up a plaintiff. It's 303 <laughs> Creative versus Elnis, E-L-E-N-I-S. Uh-huh. Yeah, and... Uh, Elnis Presley. Thank you very much. And uh, it's crazy. And how few cases they take and that they would take one that... that it's just there's so many things that are weird about this yeah. that it'll be interesting to see where it came from and why. I don't know if you'll ever get the real story in today. I well, I, 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 like I said, I think that there's going to be some people disbarred because oh, they clearly. That's really hard to do, isn't it? Well, yeah, it depends which state they're, they're, you oh, do it in. But okay. some states it's easier than others. But, but I mean, bringing a fake case and getting it that far. Yeah. Why would anybody even want to do that? Well, there's some arguments Cons- that it, it that it makes a statement for people that believe against gays. It, it it's what? You know, yeah. By uh, there's a lot that's come out of that for for that. It's an easier case. The website case was easier case than the cake case, you know, because the cake case had the complications of food, where a website, you know, and it allowed people to discriminate that mm-hmm. couldn't. Now yeah. the affirmative action decision. 
yeah, that may not, may, may take, make it all moot. Because now in colleges, they're going after people that are second generation kids or donors' kids. Right. Saying that you can't discriminate for them either because really? the Supreme Court said you can't. Yeah, legacy kids. Legacy yeah, you got kids. a little bit of a discount at St. Kate's, Alex, because mm-hmm. I went there. Huh. Wasn't, yep. It wasn't much, but you did get a tiny little yep. itty-bitty discount. Yep. Well, that's not a bad thing. Well, I guess it is because other kids that mm-hmm. are going in don't get the well, $700 credit. On their $700. <laughs> $700 off your $40,000 It wasn't, it wasn't a lot. It wasn't a lot. Yeah, it's going to make a big so difference. So is this good news or bad news? Disgraced sports doctor Larry Nassar, you know, oh, the one that was... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, is he dead? It, yeah, I thought he was... I thought well, somebody it, killed it just, him? He was stabbed multiple times oh, in prison. I don't oh know if he's God. dead. Oh, my God. I know he was stabbed. Yeah, was he could have died. I thought I saw a tweet saying he was this dead. Is, no, this it says is he was in hour. stable condition. Okay. So is this good news or bad news? <laughs> do we, do we, are we sad or are we not sad? Are you answering as a lawyer or as a person? I don't like people going and creating their own justice. But, you know, I, I like Sleepers. Right. Sleepers was a great movie. Vigilante. You know, you know, you saw I sleepers. Don't think I don't think I saw sleepers. Yeah. sleepers. Sleepers, where those kids that got got abused in the in the um, uh, children's home, two of them went and killed the guard that abused them. No. See, I kind of yeah. like vigilante it's justice. A, it's a, it's a, I like that. I'm not because if if the government's not going to take care of people, maybe somebody else needs to. So I'm sorry. The main part of the movie is about the trial, where where it's basically an inside game where the prosecutor is one of the kids that got abused, so uh-huh. he's, he's basically fixing it so that they get off. Oh. And De Niro uses the baseball tickets to get them off. No, I don't think I ever yeah. saw it's this. A, it's a great movie. Sleepers. Sleepers. Indeed. I mean, if you like kids getting abused in school, so well, I don't like that. To say it's a great movie. Yeah, you know. But when you can watch the, watch them get it, it's yeah. pretty good. Thing. Yeah, Kevin Bacon's the scummy. He's guard. so good. He's really. good. What was that so one about the subway guy? There was a subway movie. Bernard about... Getz. Bernard, yeah, the vigilante. Yeah, but wasn't there a mo- wasn't there a movie? There was a about documentary. It? I thought there was... was like a movie movie. No, there was. Yeah. No, there was. Yeah. Okay. Netflix had that thing about the media that uh, it was one of they, there were different <laughs> stories and one was his story and how what got created there and what probably really happened oh. and that was really that was a great um lammers was pushing it was something called like the news documentary or something right yeah oh. one of my favorites of that that whole era you remember ronnie gets my friend ronnie gets yes right? i do athlete over the university of minnesota he and i were gonna play in a golf tournament together down in orlando years ago this is many many years ago and so i called the travel agent and they made they were travel agents back then and they made the reservation for us at the hotel, and we walked in and asked for our room and all the rest of it. And the guy behind the counter goes, oh, my God, thank God. And I said, what? He goes, well, we saw the reservation, and we were really afraid. And I said, of what? He goes, your reservation was named under Bernard Getz. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's not good. Like no, no, we are not Bernard Getz. Mm. Yeah, the guy, what did he do on it? It was on a subway or yeah, something. Yeah, it was on a subway. Yeah, he was attacked by like a group. Oh and, yeah, he's the guy yeah. who killed someone on the subway. Mm-hmm. He did. Yeah, yep. yeah. He's <laughs> they, they make the room up to Bernard Getz. Gee, thanks a lot for that. Uh, it made me think of Nobody, which made me think of um, uh, the the actor. That's in a, nobody. Oh yeah, um, um, uh, Odenkirk. Odenkirk, yeah, Bob Odenkirk. Odenkirk. He was in the first season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. He was, yeah. He's a former porn star. He's phenomenal. And and I'd I'd forgotten all about that. Yeah, he's terrific, I think. Mm -hmm. I really like him a lot. How long did that show run? Uh, I think it had either five or seven seasons. And theoretically, it might still come back for another season, theoretically. That's what I heard, yeah. Although the last one wasn't as good. Um, yeah. You know, overall, but but we went back and started watching the first season again, and God, he's great. He's really, he really so good. Well, great. That movie was a good movie. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. that. Oh, speaking of that, <clears throat> excuse me, I still got my allergies cooking here. Uh, there's a movie out called uh, Catherine was was uh, staying with Alex's kids last night, so I was looking around to watch a movie. And there's this movie called Nefarious. Nefarious. And it was listed as a horror movie, but it's not a horror movie at all. I don't know why they listed it as a horror movie. It's about um, a guy, an attorney is called, because this other attorney committed suicide, so he was called to go to the prison to interview a man who was going to get the electric chair. Hmm. Um, And so the movie starts, and it turns out that the guy claims that he's possessed by a demon. 
And there's none of it's all about the psychology of it all. It's not, you know, bats flying around mm. and all that crap. It's all about the psychology of all this <laughs> stuff. Well, you know, like some haunted castle story, something like that. Oh. The guy in it, Sean Patrick Flannery, is so incredibly good in this movie. His acting, hmm. his facial expressions. He does this all the time when he's making a point. He goes, hmm. Like a and tick. It's like, oh, my God. It was fr- he was so good in that movie. It was unbelievable. Uh, I would highly recommend it. And then Nefarious. Brittany looked it up this morning. It's at a 4.9 rating on uh, what, the Hulu um, or Voodoo, I mean. Voodoo. Is that good or Who bad? Who else is in it? 4.9 is really good. Okay. Uh, nobody's <laughs> out of five. Out of five. Yeah, yeah 4.9 out of five. Okay. Pretty good rating. Andy, what, what's the well, the co-star's name? It's it's Nefarious is the name of the movie. And uh, Sean Patrick Flannery plays the guy possessed by a demon. And then the attorney was also really, really good. I mean, I would tell the facial expressions, the body, the voices. I don't know who produced that movie or directed it, but Let's my see. God, did they yeah, Jordan Belfi? Jordan Belfi, that's exactly who it is. He's incredible in it, too. <clears throat> if you get a chance, watch it. It's only an hour and 37 minutes long. Ah, it's perfect Bonus. for you. <clears throat> Glenn Bonus. Beck plays Glenn Beck in it. <laughs> yeah, Glenn Beck's in it at what? the very end. As himself. Oh. He, yeah, the, guy, the attorney is interviewed by Glenn Weird. Beck at the end of the movie. Hmm. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's not a it's not a horror film at all. I suppose it's about horror, but it's not a horror film in any way, shape, or form. Um, I think they've got to be careful how they label those things because a lot of yeah. people, um, if it has anything to do with possession or demons or mm-hmm. anything, it's kind of got to be projected that way. I why, think. Why do you think? Because there's some people that are very offended about anything. Mm, they still believe that, that stuff. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, God bless him. You want to believe that? Good for you. I, I, I'm not a big believer. Or, in how demon. else would you? A psychological thriller, you could say, maybe. I suppose. I don't did, know. They, they did a psych evaluation on the guy on the day he was going to be executed. Yep. Seems like a little late. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they, apparently, <laughs> just kidding. Care? Just kidding. Don't do it. Apparently, do in it. some uh, states, on the last day, the day you're going to be executed, <clears> they they do one more interview. And if the doctor thinks that you're mentally ill, they can't execute. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's a last, it's a Hail Mary. Yes. Hail Mary exam. So you stood trial, so you were competent to stand trial. Right. Right. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I guess in a a few states it's like that. But an interview is just like a, you know, (laughs) they bring Dr. Feelgood and, oh, yeah, you're good. But a full psychic evaluation would take a little while. It does. Battery of tests. It it definitely did, yes. It's been the last six hours of your life doing tests. Yeah, really. Well, you're clear to die. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Well, what else do you oh, have to do? Thanks. Might take your mind off. Yeah, things. honestly, it might be the most fun they've had in 30 years. <laughs> That's true. Let's talk about me. Yeah. Well, it's a possibility, but yeah, I mean, it, it, if you get a chance, watch it because it's huh. not a. It's not. I never some, heard of it. I had never heard of it till last night. Well, either. it's pretty. It's new. Yeah, it just yeah. came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have so, you watched John Wick yet? Four? No. Come on. It's get three hours long. It's, yeah, so what? It's great. I already bought mm-hmm. it, too. It's, but watch it. It's excellent. Catherine, you want to watch John Wick 4 tonight? Uh, yeah, she's uh, not no. watching it. <laughs> oh, speaking of buying movies. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, what was it called? The Hold on. I need to... <coughs> Pardon me. Sorry. Uh, Ethan bought his first movie the other day. What? what? How did you do that? Did you know By he was going to buy mashing a movie? the OK button over and over. <laughs> oh! What did he buy? Uh, no, what did he buy? The Whitney Houston movie. Um, <laughs> oh. I will always love you. Great. Great. I yep. will always love you. So now we know that you can just buy things by just pressing OK. Yeah, I remember when you had a fake remote for the kids without a battery so that they could hit the buttons. But he knows which one we use. Damn it! He pays attention to the. Stupid smart kids. <laughs> like we gave him a cell, a smartphone without a battery in it, because he was like, "Oh, you like smartphones?" He doesn't care about it at all. Well, but then he it's just ours. A, but then it's just a black screen. Yeah, you know, you, it's different with a smartphone than a remote. Because I gave them the same exact remote that we use, but it was it mm-hmm. had no batteries. In I a, ordered like an extra one, and well, I was like, "I'm not." Genius easy. idea. Invent. Uh, an app that turns your phone into a kids mode where they can just light buttons up and they nothing actually, that. damn it. <laughs> we actually have that set up on a tablet that we have, but we figure he's too young to do it anyway. Yeah. I mean, he can just, I guess he can just press buttons and see what happens. Well, yeah, well, they just want to see things light up yeah. is what they yeah, want to see. At that age, especially. Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah like his, really his thing is he'll want to see like old pictures of us. 
Oh, yeah. So, like, a picture from a year ago when yeah. he's six months wow. old. And they'll take the phone and he'll start, like, zooming in on it and moving it around and stuff. Oh, my God. I know. I know. It's scary. Mm-hmm. My niece taught me how to zoom in on pictures when she was, yeah, maybe two. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't wow. teach me, but she did it. Yeah. yeah. Or, no, zoom out. Like, oh, when you pinch. shrink it yeah. to mm-hmm. make it go back to, like, the... <clears throat> grid or whatever i had no idea that you could do that and she was looking at pictures on my phone oh. and did that mm-hmm. when she was remember, maybe two yeah i remember sitting there with fawn and she would be swiping through and she was like couldn't even speak swipe mm-hmm. swipe yeah. oh, yeah. like, kids on tinder they, they <laughs> watch <laughs> they know what they know what you're doing so well are you gonna watch the whitney houston movie yeah. i wanted to see that well, now that you paid, paid for it, for it. Now that you you it. He, just, he rented it thankfully so it was like <laughs> three bucks <laughs> It. So it's is it, a, is it, this is a sign that you should watch the Whitney. Is it Bodyguard or which he one is it? No, it's about no, Whitney Houston. It's, oh, it's called It's called I Will Always Love You. I Will Always Love You, yeah. yeah I want to see it. I want to see it, although I know it, I have to be in the mood because it's, it's got yeah, to be sad. Come over to our house. Viewing yeah. party. My niece and nephew ordered like five mm. um, Law and Order episodes <laughs> on their Alexa once. There you go. Oh. Fawn used to order a lot of audio books on our Alexa. Because she'd be like, you know, play Rapunzel Story. And then, oh, and then it'll be like, do you wish to buy this? And yeah. sometimes they will just play a story for free on yeah. Amazon Music or whatever. And sometimes it would be like, do you, this is for five ninety nine or whatever. Do you, would you like to purchase it? And she'd be like, yeah. 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 Great. Yes, but we. There should be like a voice print or a pin yeah. or there something. Is, there's, you can turn it on to, um, you can't make purchases on your Alexa, which is what we have now. Oh, yeah. That's that a good sense, idea. I remember yeah, a story from years ago where a kid. Let's see. I looked it up. He spent $16,000 on microtransactions oh. in a game. Oh, I remember oh. that. Oh. Yes. Yeah. He just said yes to everything because he thought it was free or something. Well, and it, was, it, was, yeah. it was Sonic oh, Forces no, Speed Battle, which sure. I have played. Why not? And it's like every predatory microtransaction game, how it works is you get to a certain point. And your character isn't fast enough or strong enough or whatever. And it's like, oh, but for $5, you can buy some power power, gems or whatever the hell. And then so the kid's like, oh, well, power gems are good. So I'm just going to hit the power gem button over and over and over for hours. My character will be super strong, not realizing that it costs money. That should not be allowed. No, it shouldn't. Well, and you kind of should be maybe a little more aware of what your kid's doing. Maybe. Well, they could be (laughs) pretending to do their homework. Well, no, but it's like if you... Like, well, they probably just gave the kid the, their phone with the credit card saved in it, and we're like, "Here you go, play this I game." Not realizing, like card on my phone. a lot of people Playing don't know about game. these microtransactions in every, pretty much every yeah. single mobile game. Mm-hmm. On well, any app you have them. on your phone has yeah in in app purchases yep, and blah blah blah. Get. And I like I only let my kids have the PBS thing on the iPads that they use because then I'm just like you can watch anything on this and Mm -hmm. I know it's okay Mm -hmm. and Fawn now that she can type and spell she was googling things and then I took you can on Apple products you can take you can block any app, and so I blocked Safari on the iPad that she uses because I'm like, I don't know what she's gonna. No, you never know what they're gonna come yeah. up with because you could do something super innocent and have yeah, God exactly. knows mm-hmm. what show up. Yeah, like she Googled "big biggest pregnant belly ever." Oh God! <laughs> and it was somebody that had like ten <laughs> in there. <laughs> what? Octomom so like, or something? What? Yeah. Wow. More than Octomom. It was ten, I think. Yeah. What you? I would uh, definitely suggest. I know, I like, know uh, Android has like Google Family Mode or something. Yeah, uh, you can make yeah, a device they, into something that only you can install apps on. Mm-hmm. You can disable anything up to and including the internet. Yep. Yep. Um, you can. You have co- complete control over what your kid sees you on that device. That. That's how. Hundred percent. Do that. That's how her iPad is now. Because yep. I'm just like. Well, and it's, it's a like, super old iPad that you can't have like hardly anything on anyway because well, it has like Nothing an ounce of memory. Yep. Yeah. And well, so, it's like, I mean, remember, I'm sure you remember your old black and white Macintosh mm-hmm. that you probably oh, yeah. bought in like 1985. Mm-hmm. And that thing was pretty complicated and not user friendly at all. And I got into all sorts of crap on that <laughs> yeah, thing when I was sure like did. four years old. Yeah, because if you just randomly tap around long enough, yeah. something bad's going to happen. Yeah. Well, I remember you disabled dad's car. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> mm. He did indeed. Yeah, I, 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 I don't just so. put the e-brake on or something. The boys were really into uh, Minecraft. Yep. And one day, one of them came down crying because he'd been banned from Minecraft by oh, the other one. Minecraft server. <laughs> so yeah. after two hours of figuring out how to unban somebody, how do I, I unbanned you? him. So he got unbanned within 
15 minutes he was rebating. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's like, oh, like, good I God. To do but this. I just got an email two weeks ago that I had purchased a game package on World of Warfare. So I called the 22-year-old up. Or World of Warcraft. Yep. So I called the 22-year-old up and asked if he had done that, and he What's had. Up? But, mm. yeah, I'm still buying apps for him. Wow. <laughs> so. Yeah. All Fawn, right. Fawn sent me a text message when we were out yep. at Madden's. to work. You got to go to work. Oh, right? a lot of text messages. No. Yeah, she sent me a text message, and she says, text me back. Ah, I'm like, sorry. are you 12, <laughs> you seven-year-old? Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. Text yeah. me back. Remember texting your friends when you were a kid? No. All the texting. I remember giving them the finger. I remember <laughs> having to get up and ride my bike to my friend's house yep. to talk to them. <laughs> exactly. Actually, for a phone. phone call. You know, like or, yeah. you're in the house with the phone. Yeah. I was... Uh, for the last week's lost episode, I had to go through all the descriptions of all the like our very first episodes. Oh God! Mm-hmm. And I saw the enduring Ayakomo, where are you? Soda oh my boxy. God! Soda boxy. Soda boxy. Yep. Yeah. My first. Your first text ever message. text. I have to say, Fawn's first text was better than mine. Better than yours. <laughs> That was Nana. Well, that was, was back when you had to like you had to hit one three times yeah, it was, for C. I, it was, what was horrible. That I didn't know about autocorrect that it was doing its own thing. Yeah, I where was are to you? Type was like a built-in phrase. Yeah, yeah. It was and very then it hard. would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. T nine. Oh God, I never. I never texted back then because no. it was horrible. It was awful. Yep. Yep. Touch yep. typing, as much as it sucks, is way better than what we had twenty years ago. Yes, much better. Absolutely. All right, Alex is falling asleep. We better wrap it up. Oh man. We'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> See you here.